0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hooray for Hollywood! Hey, this is Brett Erski. Welcome to another episode of On The List. This is episode number 56. It's October 2020. We're coming to you from the Believe Podcast Network. My guest today is a very good friend of mine. We go way back to 2006, to be exact. She's been a reality star, an actress, a TV host, and she's currently a New York Times bestselling author. You loved her on Laguna Beach and the Hills and very Cavalry. Of course, I'm talking about Kristen Cavallari.
1: <laughs> Hi! Hey. I'm so happy to see you! I'm happy
0: to see you, too. It's been a while.
1: I know.
0: Uh, that introduction, who else could I be talking about? The star of Very Cavallari. It's <laughs> yeah. Gotta be Kristen Cavallari. Uh, you've been posting on Instagram a lot lately, and it seems like you're doing very well, very happy, having a lot of fun. Very happy to see that.
1: Yeah, uh, thank you.
0: You're doing well. And you have the number three book on the New York Times bestsellers list,
1: Yes, yeah. 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 I'm yes. so, I'm, I'm pumped. You know I mean? I poured my heart and soul into that cookbook. This is my third book and the one yes. that I'm most proud of. So to be that high on the list is um, a huge accomplishment. So I'm very, very happy
0: on the list. That's the name of this podcast. <laughs>
1: Look at that, full circle. <laughs> full
0: circle. Uh, but yeah. I mean, New York times bestsellers list is the, you can't get better than that. And out of every book for sale in the country, number three, that's major. Uh, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk all about the book in a little bit. First, I wanted to mention this is my first episode of the podcast over Zoom because of what's going on in the world. So yeah. you, get be, you get to be my first Zoom guest. I'm
1: honored. I'm,
0: I'm <laughs> flattered to have you. Uh, it's a different kind of year. And with social distancing and quarantining, you know, we're moving it to Zoom for now. But the bright side of that, the silver lining, is that now we have a video. So if people want to watch the video, uh, they can watch it on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, wherever we put it. And it's kind of just like an added component to the podcast. So that's nice. Yeah,
1: I think that that's great.
0: It's cool. Yeah. And fun fact, Kristen was actually on episode two of the podcast over the phone. Remember that? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what, I mean, that was a long time ago. How many years? That was when Camden was a baby, right? Yeah,
0: so Camden was just born and you wow. called in and it was your first interview as a mom.
1: Oh yeah. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. So that was eight years ago.
0: Eight years ago, that's when we started. Yeah, episode two. Wow. And I remember People Magazine told you that. Can Breckerski's podcast please come out after <laughs> our true. photo shoot because we want the exclusive.
1: That's right. Oh my yeah. god, how funny is that? Wow. That was cool.
0: I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so if anyone wants to hear that, I can go back to episode two of on the list. It's a little interview at the beginning, but this episode is going to be the definitive. Kristen Cavallari interview. We're going to get yes. into everything. Yes. You know. uh, <laughs> let's start with a little backstory. So we first met in 2006. Coming up on 15 years. Wow. And I know the exact date we met because it. What was the event? Do you remember the event?
1: Yes, it was the Cosmopolitan Fun Fearless Male Awards in yes. LA. Correct. Um. Yeah, I and- remember.
0: Yeah. You were 19. I think you just moved to LA.
1: Yeah.
0: I'd been there. I was like 25. I've been there maybe three or four years. And I have a photo. Let's see if it comes up oh of us from that Aww. night.
1: Babies. Gross, look how little we both were I mean, literally babies. Aww.
0: And the reason we have a photo, the wire image photographer came over and he was like, can I get a picture of you guys not knowing we had just met and didn't really know each other? <laughs> So we have literally a picture of the moment we met, which is pretty I cool.
1: love that. Well, you I said that to me. I wanna I wanna have that. No. I wanna keep it. <laughs>
0: if anyone if anyone else wants it, just Google our names and it comes. <laughs> up. Yeah, you two <laughs> can have it. <laughs> yeah. Um so I actually remember leaving the party, I think you had left first, and then I went outside and you were waiting at the valet. Yeah. And and I remember I was like, I'm gonna wait here to make sure this girl gets home okay. Like took Aww. you in my and <laughs> Here we are, 15 years later, still friends.
1: I love it. I know that's awesome. <laughs> wow,
0: we've had it. We've had a fun 15 years. We've been in LA. Wow. We've been in OC, Miami for New Year's a bunch of times. Vegas yep. for my 25th birthday. New York, Nashville. Yeah. You know, yeah. we still need to do Chicago together. I've never done Chicago.
1: Let's do Chicago together. That'll be next on the list. We've covered a lot of ground, but yeah, next that's on. that's one we need to do.
0: Next on the list. On the list.
1: On the list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, when I think back to those times, that there were probably more nightclubs than I can count. I know. Uh, you taught me about chilled Grey Goose shots with Diet Coke chasers.
1: Yep. That was my, my move in my early 20s. <laughs> did you stop have
0: you stopped doing that? Oh God,
1: yeah, no, I, I don't do shots anymore. I'm like, wow. that's a, a recipe for disaster. <laughs> right.
0: Those were a staple. Those were a Kristen staple back then. Yeah. Um, when I first got into doing nightlife stuff, actually, one of the first parties I did was Randy Gerber's play Stone Rose Lounge. Yeah. Cool. And we launched the whole thing with your 21st birthday. In, uh, that's right. 2008. Yeah. And it was the night of the Cloverfield premiere. So, everyone came over from that movie, premiere, yeah. and Paris Hilton came, and it was yeah. paparazzi pictures. It was such a wild night. And yes. I Randy Gerber brought George Clooney.
1: And- yeah, oh my God. You know, I tell that story all the time. Everyone's like, Is there a time that you've been starstruck? I'm like, Actually, yes. It was when a mutual friend introduced me to George Clooney and I was like, hi, I'm Kristen. And then literally like no words came out of my mouth. And then like girls just like flanked him. And I was like, all right, bye.
0: Yeah, that's a great story. Yeah. So it all began back then. And, and that your 21st birthday literally launched this Wednesday night party in L.A. that Adam Franklin and I did for two yeah. years.
1: Oh my god, that is awesome! I love it. It going to Take a trip down memory lane. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: today is going to be a big trip down memory lane. I hope you're ready for it. Uh, speaking of reminiscing, something I want to mention this week: you filmed a Laguna Beach reunion. Yeah, what can you tell me about that? Yeah,
1: I mean, it was it was so much fun. That's the first time that we have all you know, quote unquote, been together since since high school since we stopped filming, and so it was really good to see everybody. Um, And it was fun. We played a drinking game. We answered fan questions and just kind of, you know, reminisced about the show and everything. Um, But And then we're all in this group email. And afterwards, everybody was like, I love you. It was so good to see everybody. Like, you know, it was just, it was really fun. I feel like that group of people, it was the cast of season one. So
0: I think more than
1: anybody else, like we will always be so bonded and so connected just because we all experienced that together at the same time that nobody else will ever understand. So it was, it was cool to see everybody.
0: The ultimate high school reunion.
1: Yeah, it was really fun. That's
0: cool. <laughs> who who was there? Can you tell us who was there?
1: Yeah, so it was the entire cast of season one. So, you know, Stephen, Lauren Lowe, um, Christina, Morgan, Trey, Dieter, Polster, and then, oh, Talon and me. Yeah. Yeah, it was so fun.
0: Talon Torriero became a good friend of mine. I love Talon.
1: That's right. I know. He's the best. He used to still- hang a lot. I feel like everybody was the exact same, you know? It was like no time had passed. So it was well, really Ta-
0: cool. But Talon has a whole new life in Nebraska. He married Danielle. They had a baby. They moved to Nebraska. I
1: think he's about to have another baby too. Oh, so, right. Uh, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize he was in Nebraska though. That yeah. didn't come up on, at the reunion.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's not exactly wow, the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, how are things with you and Lauren Conrad? Because everyone's going to be asking that. Right. Are you guys friends? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, totally fine. You know, I think so much time has passed and what we went through was so silly and it was so high school. But like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure we're both over it at this point. <laughs> yeah.
0: And she's, she's married with kids too. She married our friend yeah. William Tell. We yes. Used to, yeah. Who
1: used to be at stone rose.
0: <laughs> Every Wednesday. He used uh, to yeah. perform. He's a musician. Yes. I don't know if people yeah. realize he was in <laughs> something corporate, I believe. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it's, it's wild to see where everyone ended up and we were all these like kids starting out in LA together and now you know people are married with kids. Uh, speaking of Stephen Coletti, you brought him up. Uh, You—he's your uh, high school boyfriend. Yeah. everyone knows that. Uh, you posted <laughs> a photo on Instagram with him recently and broke the internet. People <laughs> lost their minds. You were sitting on his lap, and you—the caption was like, "Is this 2004?" And people. 2004
1: or 2020, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> totally. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I, I knew that it was going to create a little commotion. I didn't know to what degree that was actually, <laughs> that's my most liked photo on Instagram ever. Like more than my kids, like more than like, like anything in my life, like that photo with Steven, which is cool. I mean, I think it's really neat that people are still so invested and it like, really <laughs> right. takes people back to that time. Right. And then, of course, everyone was like, oh, my God, are they back together? I love Steven. I've always loved Steven. And clearly, I mean, you know, 15 years later, we're still really good friends. But um, but no, I mean, I brought my kids to Laguna Beach. I saw a lot of people. I didn't just see Steven. You know, like <laughs> right. I saw Alex Merle and her kids and, like, a bunch right. of people. So it was a really fun trip. Um, but, yeah, you know. That's all
0: there is to it. <laughs> of yeah. Steven's a good guy. I'm friends with him too. Um,
1: yeah.
0: I, I saw him at the Mammoth Film Festival last year. He's, you know, making movies and pilots. Yeah. He created his own show. He's writing. He's, He's
1: doing writing. all kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah. I'm really, yeah. I'm really happy for him.
0: But isn't it crazy people are still fascinated with your love life since you're 17 years old?
1: I know. It's pretty it's, wild. <laughs> right.
0: Like you're just living your life and the yeah. world is watching. I it To be interesting.
1: It is interesting, and it's uh, – yeah, I don't really quite know what to make of it. I don't know. It's well,
0: weird. If you, if you Google yourself this week, there's a lot of speculation. Is Kristen back in the dating scene? People are wondering. So I wanted to give you a chance to clear the air. What's going on in your life? What can you talk about? Well, but I didn't think mean, you
1: wouldn't ask me about this. I was like, a Gursky won't go down that no, road. no, no,
0: no. <laughs> I don't want any specifics. I just want you to say – whether you're Listen,
1: here's what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm going through a divorce, obviously, and I'm putting myself first. I mean, my kids, my kids will always be first, but right. beyond my kids, I'm making myself a priority right now. And I'm I'm I don't want anything. I'm not ready to jump into a relationship. I'm not, you know, I'm taking care of me and I'm figuring out ultimately what I'm going to want in life. And I'm going through the motions and the process of figuring that all out. <laughs>
0: Perfect answer. No, that's why I wanted to give you a chance with me to clear the air. Exactly. (laughs) Nothing specific. I would never do that. Um, So let's talk about 2020 and the months leading up to the book, True Comfort. Uh, Like I said, it's been a unique year to say the least. Uh, It felt like time stopped in March because the lockdown started basically Friday the 13th, March 13th.
1: Oh, wow. And then
0: that weekend, the world shut down. Um, Here's what's crazy. Eight days earlier on March 5th, you had a party for your jewelry line, Uncommon James in LA at Gracias Madre. And I went to the party to come see you and the world still felt pretty normal on March 5th. Like we were in a crowded place and celebrating and having fun. I went to Craig's after for dinner across the street, which I haven't been to since because of what's going on. And you know, how did that feel that to throw the last party before the lockdown?
1: Well, so it's interesting because I was in LA doing press for the spring Uncommon James collection. And then right after that, I went to New York. I went home to Nashville for a couple of days and then I went to New York for like 24 hours. And like, so in LA, it was like, people had just started kind of talking about it, but it felt totally normal. And then when I was in New York, I did an editor's brunch and some people couldn't come because of COVID. And I remember being in New York and like, getting anxiety almost like I got to get out of this like it felt weird it felt really weird and that was the first time I was like whoa what is actually happening Mm -hmm. went home and then we actually had spring break planned you know we had planned it for months and it wasn't weird enough yet where we were like we probably shouldn't go it was like okay well we're gonna go and then we'll like see what happens long story short we went to the Bahamas Mm -hmm. It was Jay, the kids, and I, and then Justin and Scoot. Justin, my best friend, and his fiance. Yeah. And when we got there, that's, like, really when everything was, like, whoa. Like, okay, lockdown. And we were, like, oh, wait. We were, like, what do we do? Yeah, how
0: do we get back we, into the country?
1: Yeah. And then and then so, it was, so we were there. And then it, there was this really short – it was, like, a two-day window where they were, like, listen, if you guys don't leave in the next – two, like, you can leave these two days if you don't leave. We don't know when you're going to be able to leave. And I was, like, get me off of this island. I was, like, I need to go home. Um, and so, but we ended up being there for almost a month, right. which was crazy.
0: It, when, it, it looked it like you were having like, a pretty good quarantine from your Instagram. I was like, their quarantine's <laughs> not too bad.
1: Yeah, no, it was great. You know, um, <laughs> it could have been worse for sure. Right. But then, yeah, so we came home, um, and then, and then obviously, you know, we all know what happened. It was, it was crazy, but, um, but yeah, so what a wild ride it's been. What a wild
0: ride. I did the first four months, uh just me and buddy my dog in LA. And then in July, I I did it. I flew to New Jersey for my niece's, my twin niece's birthday. And I've been here ever since. I've been on the East coast kind of. Oh
1: wow, so you haven't come home. Loving it,
0: no. I mean, wow. I live in both places, I feel like. But you know what, I'm just kind of riding it out, enjoying yeah. the time with family. I'm, being the ultimate uncle, it's like I'm going to my nephew's lacrosse games and my niece's softball games and helping with homework. And we went to the uh-huh. beach one day and watched the sunrise, went another day and watched the sunset, like pumpkin patch. Yeah, so it's this time. See,
1: that's a good thing. It's like if you can just try to stay positive and look at how okay. it's really – Like we're never, that's what I think about with my kids. Like I'll never get that time back with my kids. You know what I mean? And so I kind of just looked at it like that and took advantage of the situation and just loved on my babies as much as possible. Cause it's like now my kids are back in school. They've been in school since early August. And it's like, that's now gone. You know, those months of just like having them to myself, it's all gone now. It was just
0: time no one ever expected to have. And so as long as you were healthy and safe, you could look at the bright side. It. Exactly, yeah. Um, and so in April, 2020, and I only bring this up because you've been talking about it publicly. Um, you announced that you were getting divorced and in May, 2020, you announced that you were ending very Cavalier, your hit TV yeah. show. So walk me through like April and May, what you went through, like your mindset. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, um, you know, God, it was, it's so interesting to think about it now. So I was in the Bahamas for a month and we knew what was happening, you know, um, Jay and I, and so we came home and, um, we're separated. And then, you know, we obviously made the decision to get a divorce. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's like, whenever someone's announcing that they're getting a divorce, like we didn't make that decision last night. And then all of right. a sudden we put it out there, you know, like right. it had been coming for a long time. And so by that point it was almost like a sense of relief. Like I was just relieved to get it out there and to start this next phase of my life. Um, but still very sad and very up and down and it still is, it's been a roller coaster. I mean, it's, it's sad when you close a chapter of your life and Jay and I were together for 10 years. I mean, we have three kids together. I will always love Jay in some capacity. And so it's, it's, it's tough, but, um, yeah. And then, you know, the, the decision to end the show, I was like getting anxiety. I'm not, it sounds like I get anxiety. I literally don't get anxiety. Yeah, at all. never. But like these no, two things. Super chill. Like, so the show, the show was really weighing heavily on me, and I was really nervous. And I wanted to make sure. I just, I just knew what was going to happen because last season I had an issue with a girlfriend, and I didn't even like the way that that was handled Mm -hmm. and I had to talk about it more than I ever in a million years would have. And you know, it was just, it turned into way more than it ever would have. And I didn't want that to happen with the divorce. I have three little kids. Mm -hmm. They are the most important thing to me and I don't want to ever have to expose that and have them see that one day. And you know, I, I got what I needed from the show. I got the exposure that I wanted for uncommon James. That's why I did it. And so it wasn't worth it to me. I've never been the kind of person to just, you know, whore out my life, my personal life for my my own personal gain. That's not who I am. And so um I care more about jay and and our family um, than being on a TV show.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think people were surprised, you know, for a few reasons, like because they see you guys on the show and you seem so happy on the show, but also because we had just seen all your posts from the Bahamas and it looked like you guys were on this fun family vacation, and then the announcement came out. So I think that's why <laughs> there was so much shock behind it, you know? And yeah,
1: I know.
0: But yeah, I reached out to you that day. I was even surprised. I didn't know that yeah. it was coming. Um, I felt emotionally invested in that relationship. I've watched mm-hmm. you guys since you started dating. You know,
1: yeah.
0: um, I was at the wedding in Nashville. Yeah. I got yeah. credit. I got I got a little credit from the maid of honor, Stephanie Beagle, for helping get you guys back together at one point.
1: Oh, but my God. That's right. <laughs> during her speech.
0: During her speech, you mentioned Jay recruited Breckersky to, uh, you know, help win you back. That's
1: right. Yeah. that's right he, he yeah. was very
0: he was very smart he knew that if he was in with me when i talked to you about him i'd yeah. only say good things
1: it's um, so true that's so true and he did the same thing with bees you know right. he got he got all my best friends on his side to be like Jay. you know
0: yeah <laughs> so, Jay's the best no but i did yeah, i, I like him jay. yeah but i do like jay and i i liked no, you guys great. together yeah. yeah and i was bummed to hear that news and you know i'm glad you're doing okay Kids are doing okay. I think, you know, the grass is always greener. It's like when you're married with kids, you wonder if you're missing out on what your single friends are doing or when you're single and you see your married friends with kids, you're like, I want that, you know, so... It's yeah, ridiculous. it
1: had nothing to do with that though. No, I know. And like, the last, and I, in fact, I used to be like, "Oh God, the thought of dating is like, I don't <laughs> want to date. Like, right. and, I mean, listen, there's good things about both. Like, there's nothing like those new feelings in the beginning where you get so excited and he, like right. that's great. But I actually prefer what I had with Jay, where you're so comfortable with somebody, they're your best friend. It's like mm-hmm. so easy and great that's way more interesting to me than like these new little butterflies. But you know, we just couldn't make it work. And I, I really do mean like, I love, I love Jay. I will always yeah. love Jay. You know, he's yeah. a great guy. But, yeah, you, unfortunately we just couldn't, couldn't figure it out.
0: Couldn't figure it out. Well, you'll always be in each other's lives. You have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, well, you know, what was interesting about ending very Cavallari I thought was that the season finale, which ended up being the series finale. Yeah. Uh, it's about mm-hmm. you opening an uncommon James store in Chicago. And Chicago yeah. is where you were born and raised. Chicago's where your mom lives. Chicago's where you met Jay. Chicago's yeah. where all three kids were born. <laughs> and now you're opening Uncommon James, like a, a amazing store in Chicago. It felt like your whole life had come full circle. And so the finale felt like a finale. You know, it, it was like a natural yeah. place to end the show anyway. You yeah, know? there
1: you go, that's true. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So yeah.
0: I'm sure if you ever wanted to go back, you could knock on E's door and say, Ready for more? Very (laughs) cavalier.
1: Let's pick up, pick it back up. Ten years later, I'm all (laughs) good.
0: Do you think you would do it again? Would you do it again? I
1: don't know. I Mm -hmm. mean, to be honest, I. The only reason why I initially did *Very Cavalieri was for Uncommon James. Yeah. But I'm really happy I went back because I had such a great experience and I was an executive producer and I was involved in the creative conversations and I had the time of my life. I'm so, so happy that I did it. Yeah. But I've actually never been someone who is just like wanting to talk about my personal life all the time. Mm -hmm. Even though I come from reality TV and I've been doing it since I was 17, I've never been 100% comfortable with it. Right. And... I don't think so. Like, I really like where my life is now. All I want to do is, like this morning, well, today I'm not at the office, but like take my kids to school in the morning, go to the office, because I'm the boss, I can make my own hours. I leave by like 2.30, I pick up my kids, I make dinner, you know, the bedtime routine. Maybe I'll lay in the sauna for a little bit. I don't know. Mm. But like, my life is boring and I'm okay with that. I'm just really happy right now doing that. Yeah. And so that's all I want to do. I don't know. The pressure of reality TV, it's a lot i'm so much more relaxed now that i know that the show is not on my radar yeah one
0: thing that's interesting about you actually is that you'd be shooting a reality show but also living your real life it was like these two parallel universes i was part of your real life and not part of the hills and i was like hanging out with you in real life and then you'd be like okay gotta go shoot the show and you'd you'd go shoot this tv show of this other life you know so you've always you always had a real life and a tv life which i think is is because
1: I learned on Laguna Beach, like Laguna Beach was very muddy and they crossed over and that's when emotions get really high and things get confusing and you like lose sight of what's real and what's not real anymore. So with the hills, I was like, no, like I'm having my <laughs> show life, my real life, and they are not going to cross over. Because I remember even when I first started filming the hills and I was like, whoa, nobody knows what's real and what's fake anymore. And that is right. scary. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was wild. I had a front front row seat. It was wild. Yeah, you sure Um,
1: did.
0: (laughs) And so, okay, so 2020, September 2020, you released the book. So good things start happening. Um, Like you said, it's your third book, number three on the bestsellers list. I realized you're 33. That's like a lucky number. Oh,
1: cool. All these threes.
0: Um, Your first book was more like a biography. Second book was a cookbook. Third book, also a cookbook. Now, on the cover, I noticed, first of all, is that the same furniture that's behind you right now?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. That's really funny. <laughs> it's
0: so cool. It's there you go. Like the same thing, right? Um, uh-huh. But also, you've got bolognese on there, which is one of my favorite things ever. The best I ever had was Chateau Marmont. Oh, you so theirs.
1: So good. The best. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So really. tell me about this book. It's um, comfort food that's made with healthy ingredients. How do you pull that off?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I think that there's been this stigma that comfort food is very fattening. It's very heavy. You know, you can eat it once in a blue moon or whatever. I disagree as long as you're choosing the right ingredients. So all you have to do is make some ingredient swaps and you can in fact eat that stuff every single day and still feel great. Um, and so that's why I'm really excited about it because I love comfort food like most people you know it can take okay, yeah. us back to our childhood right. or a certain time in our life or whatever it is um, it can really turn a bad day around too yeah so. Yep.
0: Um,
1: and so yeah so I love this book I really poured my heart and soul into it I'm most proud of this one out of all three and um you know obviously it's it's so interesting i I think I finished it two years ago but books take a long time you know it's like have to lay down and it's like all these you know, edits and stuff. Clearly, I had no idea that we would be in the middle of quarantine when this cookbook right. was coming up. But I'm like, right. it's interesting timing because everyone's at home now cooking and we want comfort food more than ever. So in that sense, I got very lucky. You know, I mean, people I who've food. never cooked
0: before, including myself, learned to cook in quarantine. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, it is. Right. It's that's, crazy. So it's that's good terrific.
1: timing in a sense, which, you know, I got lucky. <laughs> yeah.
0: Very serendipitous timing. Um, yeah. So, in in one thing I thought was interesting was that you said that the recipes use ingredients that you can just get at your local supermarket. Like you didn't do like it didn't have to be fancy stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. which I thought
0: was interesting. What made you do that?
1: Yeah, I think I actually have a couple of cookbooks where I'm like, where am I supposed to get this <laughs> ingredient? Like, I don't have a local, like, you know, Asian specialty store here in Nashville. Right. It was, And I'd be like, unless you're living in New York City or maybe in LA too, like, people don't have access to that stuff. You right. know, I live in the country outside of Nashville. Like, I, I don't have access to that stuff either. Right. Um, And so I figured if you can't get it at Whole Foods or Amazon or Thrive, I'm not going to but I also don't use those products anyway. So this is truly like what I use and how I eat on a daily basis. And so, um, it's just true to my lifestyle.
0: Yeah. And I I noticed there's nine sections of the book. So it's mornings, lunches, soups, cozy nights, sides, quick bites, desserts, drinks, and staples, which I thought was cool. I did notice the drinks were surprisingly non-alcoholic (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah so my my first cookbook <clears throat> true roots had a whole alcoholic beverage section okay i went back and forth on this one and then ultimately <laughs> i was like i don't know i'm actually like i'm not that much of a drinker i like a glass of wine from time to anymore time. Not anymore. Not much, anymore any anymore <laughs> <laughs> anymore let's just clear that up yeah um and you know like i go to dinner and i'll like have a martini or a Ciquita right. soda or whatever, or a right. couple, you know, but like once in a blue moon. But so I was like, I don't know. I care more about like smoothies and like cool, like hot chocolates, like a peppermint hot chocolate in the middle of winter. Or like, what What do my kids want? You know, like they want all yeah. that stuff too. Or like pumpkin spice latte. Like that's where my mind is at during right. the fall and winter months. So I don't know. It just made more sense for me.
0: Yeah. Everything sounds really good in there. And I noticed uh, I'll tell you which ones jumped out at me. Okay. So okay. You can tell me about them. I okay. noticed dad's meatballs. So that's your Italian heritage.
1: Yeah. So my dad's meatballs and sauce. So we um, grew up and he would make them every Christmas Eve. And so I've kept up that tradition with my kids and we make like a big pot of them and my dad makes the meatballs like huge like big old meatballs which I love so yeah. I do that too um and yeah it's just one of those things that like that's what I grew up eating and because I am my dad's 100 percent Italian so I'm half Italian um that's like that was our Christmas Eve tradition
0: yeah and in the in the acknowledgement you wrote dad how cool that your meatballs are published which Yeah, is so nice I thought that yeah. was, how did uh, <laughs> had Dennis react to that
1: you know what's so funny? He hasn't said anything to me about what? that I was like, what the heck, dad? My dad's coming in a couple weeks, so I'll have okay. a hard time about
0: that. <laughs> put, a, put a Post-it note on that page and see if he... Yeah,
1: like, did you, you read the Yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. Uh, I also saw you had pumpkin banana muffins. So good. People yeah. love that stuff. I've got a pumpkin bread recipe in my family that I'm going to give you for your next okay. book. Uh, so there's, a,
1: there's those muffins, and there's actually a pumpkin bread, uh, sorry, banana bread in the cookbook Um, but i i want to see yours i want
0: to compare okay well i'll tell you it's my family recipe so you got to call it gursky's pumpkin bread in the book
1: but the truth
0: the true story behind it is um it was from when i was in nursery school we made it in school and it was like the only thing i would eat so my mom got the recipe (laughs) from the teacher because she's like brett loves this so much so we've passed we've passed it down since i I love that
1: yeah i want to see
0: it i'll send it to you um and then you also have a lox breakfast ball which i was like is this for your jewish friends is that for you (laughs)
1: inspired by you (laughs) yeah i like so i used to love lox you know bagel with lox and i don't really all the well i don't eat bagels anymore but i did just discover these little paleo ones at whole foods which are so good but um this was i'm obsessed with bowls too like Mm. any Egg bowl or like <clears throat> burrito bowl or whatever, but so this is great because it like checks all of those blocks boxes if you Locked will. Oh, a lock's box <laughs> without being uh, bad for you or you know whatever. So that's actually one of my favorite breakfasts in the whole in the whole book.
0: Need to try that. And yeah. tortilla crusted chicken fingers. And you and I have crushed many a basket of tortilla chips
1: yeah. at, like, Spanish
0: Kitchen. <laughs> and all those. Oh God, that was the, the best. Yeah. yeah, so tell me about yeah. those. Those sound pretty good.
1: Yeah, so those are uh, chicken fingers that are crusted. I take siete, uh chips, like a whole bag of them. I just like crunch them all up and then it's oat flour, eggs, you know, a bunch of spices and stuff. And then, you know, you do your little your little assembly line. But so they're like tortilla crusted chicken fingers. They're so yummy.
0: And these are things you, cre- did you create these yourself
1: Do you work with somebody? <clears throat> so, <clears throat> sorry, my throat is all messed up. So I had a chef help me. Um, uh, he actually helped me on True Roots and True Comfort. And what we would do is we would go in the kitchen and some of them I've had for a while or I've been working on some, he just did. And then the majority of them we created together. I would come to the table, like, here's what I want to do. And we would just start cooking together. So very fun process. And then after we would get the recipes, then I would go and write everything. I wrote every single word in that cookbook, which I'm really proud of. And then obviously I have an editor who would, you know, make it better sometimes. No, but, <laughs> but, sure. but it's all you. yeah, <clears throat> Yeah, but it was, it's a fun process for sure.
0: Who came up with the Big Mac salad?
1: Me. Um,
0: Explain yeah, what Big that Macs. is. But what is
1: that? So, so, a Big Mac, you know, yeah. um, I used to eat fast food all the time growing up and I have it in years. so i was like what how can we turn that into a healthier version and a salad (laughs) that was the only way
0: (laughs) that's cool so it's like a deconstructed big mac
1: exactly and that's all about the sauce you know it's like that yummy that yummy sauce yeah yeah. and
0: and one other one i want to mention that in the dessert section i'm a huge peanut butter fan so peanut butter rice crispy bars those sound amazing
1: yeah, those are really yummy too with the rice krispies. Well, you can put peanut butter on anything and it's good. That's basically <laughs> what I do. Yeah. Yeah, peanut butter and chocolate. But yeah, those are really good too. You got to make some of this stuff.
0: You know what? I, a year ago, I would have said I don't know how, but I think I could figure it out now.
1: There
0: you go. Quarantine. Quarantine's brought out new talents in everybody.
1: Everyone's a, everyone's a cook now. Oh yeah, I
0: used to go to. I, I literally used to go out to eat at restaurants for lunch and dinner yeah and now since the quarantine started i just haven't and so you kind of learn a lot about yourself when you when you have to change right? up your routine i um, know but yeah Fuck. so true comfort perfect timing awesome book i'm going to definitely try some stuff uh comfort food but healthy available everywhere books are sold climbing up the amazon chart. <laughs> um and so now to quote the laguna beach theme song Let's go back, back to the beginning. (laughs) Uh, Here's where the podcast becomes kind of like my own version of Inside the Actor Studio. Uh, So tell everybody where you are from originally.
1: Okay, so I was born in Colorado. I moved around a lot when I was little. So I was born in Colorado. I moved to Connecticut. And then I moved back to Colorado when I was going into first grade, I believe. And then I moved to Barrington, which is a suburb of Chicago, when I was going into sixth grade. Um, and I moved there because my mom got remarried. So I moved with my mom. And then um, I moved out to Laguna Beach. I think it was October of my freshman year of high school. And, um, and then when I graduated Laguna Beach High School, I moved up to L.A., to uh, pursue a career in entertainment. And I actually, I started at Loyola Marymount. I went to mm. like literally one class. And then I booked a show on, on UPN, which no longer exists, but it was a, a network back in the day. So I hosted a show for them and I had to travel oh, around right. the country. That's right. Called Get This Party Started. But so I dropped out of school. I was like, oh dad, you know, unfortunately I can't attend college anymore. You know, I'm working now. <laughs>
0: yeah, wait, so how did your dad, how'd your dad end up in Laguna Beach originally? Cause did, was so- he in Chicago with you guys?
1: Um, he knows So we were all in Colorado, my parents got a divorce, and then right. my dad ended up getting a job in, in Orange County. So he moved to Orange County. And then um, when my mom got engaged, my mom and I moved to Chicago and my brother actually moved out to California with my dad. And so um, It's
0: so interesting that the places they ended up were so pivotal in your life, like your mom ended up in Chicago, your dad ended up in Laguna Beach, and it, both of those places changed your life.
1: I know completely. It's so true. It's wild to think like had I never moved to California, obviously like my life would be so different. Right. Crazy to think about. Yeah. Almost
0: like your parents divorce was actually a good thing in a way.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, as you get older, it's like your whole life starts to make sense and everything right. comes together, and you're like, wow. It's actually – I think it's really cool, and yes. whether you believe in destiny or not or whatever it is, I just think, like, everything happens so perfectly yeah. that you're like, wow, it's kind of a trip. I don't know. No, I love it. <laughs> I
0: believe in it, for sure, because you were meant to end up in Laguna Beach. So let's talk about that for a second. you You're They came to scout at your high school for the show Laguna Beach on MTV because – I think because the OC was such yeah. a huge – scripted show on Fox and yeah. MTV was like, let's do the reality version. They scouted yeah. at your high school and weren't you not even in school the day they came to scout? Isn't that Yeah. Cool?
1: I think I pretended I was sick. So I was at home <laughs> and everyone was like, Oh my God, MTV's here. And I was like, what I was like MTV is at the school? I was like, what a day to not be there. <laughs> right. so I was a day behind everybody. So I went, of course the next day I went like marching up there. I was like, hi, you know, Chris. so you pick up this 20 page packet, you fill it out. So it must've taken me, a day or two at least to fill right. that thing out. You'd go and turn it in. They take your Polaroid and then they're like, okay, well, we'll let you know, if, you know, we want to talk to you. And then from there they would call people to do on-camera interviews. I didn't get called all week. So I was like, shoot, I was like, I'm clearly not getting it. Right. Everyone, else, literally everybody else at the school is having an on-camera interview. So I was like, what the heck? <laughs> so that weekend I went to Boulder with my mom to go look at the school. This is my junior year. So that's when you're like touring all these colleges. Right. And, um, I looked at the school, the whole thing. I'm at the airport in at DIA in Denver coming home, and I finally got a phone call. And they were like, can you come directly to the school when you land? I was like, yes. So I landed, went right there. They put me on camera, um, and they essentially told me I was pretty much the only one that they had cast without yeah. actually speaking to because I sort of, like, tied everything together because I knew what I was doing. I was young, but I was like, you know, the questions are like, uh, you know, list your five best friends and what you hate about them. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like totally, like beefing everything up, you know. And so, um, I was like the the missing the missing piece to the whole puzzle. So right. they knew and you they were actually,
0: were yeah, and you were a junior, and the rest, you and Talon were the juniors, and yeah. Stephen and Lauren and Lowe were seniors. So I think that's kind of cool that the junior tied it all together.
1: Yeah, um, and
0: <laughs> and I I'm gonna read you something for, that I read in the Washington Post about you. Um. Yeah. And this is how they described you joining Laguna Beach. She first floated into the public consciousness, quite literally, on a pool raft as the Laguna Beach first season narrator Lauren Conrad introduced the cast. That, that would be Kristen, Conrad said scornfully. Wherever Kristen went, drama followed. She thinks she's hot. Cut to Cavallari climbing out of the pool in a red bikini. (laughs) Okay, I guess she is, Conrad conceded. But she can't stand me. Here's the reason why Stephen, I guess he's kind of her boyfriend, but Stephen and I have been close forever, Kristen's the wrong girl for him. I'm waiting for him to figure it out. That shot of Cavallari by herself in the pool quickly established her character. And that was it. You were introduced to the world like that.
1: And that was it. And you know, it's so funny. It's like now we have such a good sense of reality TV. But at the time, we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, that opening scene, it was like, they rented a house. I don't know whose house that was. I'm like in the pool. They like put this like deep red lip on me, which I would never wear. They're like spraying me with a water bottle. They're all, all right, now get out and like pretend like you're on the phone. I mean, it was like, it was like filming a movie. And I'm like, totally. oh, no problem. Sure. Like they knew what they were doing. We just didn't know. Right. You know?
0: They were trying to establish your character.
1: Yeah.
0: And so you became a star virtually overnight, right? And so, while it was airing, you know, you you were you were in your senior year, but we were seeing what had happened your junior year. Right. So, what was that like? I didn't you cry when you saw the pilot? Were you?
1: Um. No. So the pilot, of course, was so PG, and they showed all of our parents and us, and we were like, "Oh, this is nothing, sure," (laughs) and you know, such a watered down version. (laughs) Right. The first episode, I think we got it like a day before it aired or something, and yeah, I cried. I was really upset about how they portrayed me. Um. And it was also weird because like you said, everybody else had graduated and gone on to college except for talent and I, and I remember going to school and all of a sudden like the freshmen looked at us differently and like people, mm-hmm. it was just different. And it was an, it, it was a weird time I mean, it was so much fun. You yeah. Know? But, um, but it was, it was weird. It was weird for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it looked fun. That's what the interesting thing is that you thought you were the villain, but to us watching the show, I thought you were the fun one, you know?
1: <laughs> love you. Well, it was weird too, because it was like, Yeah, it was like, oh, I'm this, you know, this bitch. I think I can say that. Um, (laughs) I'm this bitch. But then, like, in Hollywood, I was getting all these accolades. It was like... I was nominated for you know the big uh, for a big and o five award. I right. won like some Hollywood Life award, and so it was <laughs> like a very confusing time in my life of like, right. wait, like people hate me because I'm a bitch, but yet like Hollywood loves me. I was like, I don't know, yeah. oh, what's going on? You're like, I'll take it, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I went up to you at the Fun Fearless Awards because I was like, this girl's fun from what I've seen,
1: <laughs> and I'm like,
0: I want to meet her, and so I that that's how it happened. Um, yeah. You know how I knew that I knew the show was a phenomenon when. Kitson on Robertson made Team Kristen and Team LC shirts. It was yeah. you versus Lauren Conrad over Steven. And
1: yeah. Hollister also had those shirts, too.
0: I mean, wasn't did that blow your mind that people were buying and wearing shirts that said Team Kristen it's on them?
1: Weird. I think maybe so it weird. blows my mind more now than at the time. I think at the time, you're just, like, wrapped up in it all. And you're like, oh, my God. And, like, so much is happening. And, like, I, I never, like took a step back to be like whoa this is crazy or that I remember but now I'm like whoa that was crazy yeah (laughs) well they did that do
0: you remember they did that when Brad Pitt and Jennifer Addison got divorced they made team Aniston and team Jolie oh yeah and then the next (laughs) time they did it it was team Kristen team Elsie it was wild
1: Crazy. I wish I had one of those shirts. I never see like that's how much I like didn't realize what was going on. I never went and like got a shirt and now I'm like, shoot, it would be cool to have one of those. But.
0: I bet go on eBay. I bet there's a team. <laughs> <Let's go>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and
0: didn't you also coin the phrase or the word no. Dunzo? No. You coined that. Yeah.
1: Had I known to trademark things, I would have done that back in the day. But yeah, my car is dunzo.
0: <laughs> Your car broke down and you said it's dunzo and then the my whole world yeah. the whole world started using dunzo as done. Yeah. And
1: still does. I, I, wonder, if still it, it. I
0: wonder if it's in the dictionary. We have to look. Good
1: question. I don't Maybe know. it's
0: not too late to trademark yet. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so people are still using that word. They're still talking about the show. The episode when you went to Cabo for spring break was recently named one of the hundred best TV episodes of the century so far. Really? By ringer. Yeah, I'll send you the. Letter. Wow. Yeah. That's
1: cool.
0: And that was just your high school spring break, and now it's one of the best episodes of TV. in My life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Oh, that's funny. Um, so what do you say when people you know ask you if Laguna Beach was scripted? What can you tell them?
1: It wasn't scripted. It was more putting us in situations that we probably normally never would have been in. It was, it was taking advantage of our, um, you know, the fact that we were so naive about what reality TV was, where now you'd be like, I know exactly what you're doing. Like, I'm not doing that. But back in the, like, we didn't know. Um, and so it was really just taking advantage of the situation and, you know, telling us to do things that we never normally would have.
0: Right. So they put you in the situation, but your behavior was real. Your reaction was real.
1: Sometimes and sometimes it wasn't. Editing was very heavily involved. Okay. Um, I actually talked about this on the Laguna Beach reunion, but what they would do is they would have, like, one time they had me and my two girlfriends walking down the street and they were just filming us walking. And then they had a producer on the other side of the street and they're like, look over at her when you, you, you know, when you pass her. I'm like, okay. And the producer is like making these faces at us. So I was like, oh my God, look at her face. So then they make it seem like I'm talking about Lauren, you know, no. so like that kind of stuff. It's like, Lauren was never over there. I was never talking about Lauren, but you know, you watch it, you don't understand all of that stuff Or they take your audio and they just put it in, or they actually, they used to have us do wild lines too. So we'd go in an audio booth and just record lines to make their story make sense. And they're like, okay, sure. Now I'd be like, I'm not saying that. <laughs> but right. like, I didn't know I could do that and say that I'm not doing that. Totally. You know, like that.
0: Yeah, and so you did the show for two seasons. Season one, Lauren Conrad was the narrator. Season two, you became the narrator. Uh, what was different between seasons one and two? You became like the more central character. Uh,
1: Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe... Um, I guess because Lauren went to – well, she was on season two. I don't know. She was at college maybe, so I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, but you were like the breakout, I guess, at that point.
1: I mean, (laughs) thank you.
0: You can own it. Um, But then, obviously, since it's a high school show, when you graduate from high school, you can't really be on the show much anymore.
1: Well, a lot of people were, but I was like, no, (laughs) I'm going to be a serious actress, and I'm going to get away from reality TV – And I did always work. I always worked. I never did anything, you know, like mind blowing, but I was always consistently working.
0: Well, let's go through it. Yeah. So you moved to L.A. and we're to welcome you to L.A. Uh, (laughs) And that year, that was 2006. Lauren Conrad got her spinoff called The Hills about her moving to L.A. You had other plans. Um, So I remember you booked uh, Veronica Mars, which was a hit with Kristen Bell, Ryan Hansen. What do you remember that? What do you remember from that?
1: God, that was my first acting job ever, and if right. uh, I've never seen it. I don't want to see it because I know how bad I was, and so, um, yeah, I think I was just like, it was my first time being on a real set like that, so I was nervous, right. I don't know, it was just like a crazy experience. Kristen Bell was always so incredibly kind, and, um, you know, I'll always remember that. She's she's great, so yeah. that, was, yeah. that was good.
0: And you got to play a character that wasn't yourself, which was cool. I
1: think I was a lesbian cheerleader. Oh, interesting. <laughs>
0: And then 2008, you did a movie called Spring Breakdown where you met Audra Griffiths, our friend. And uh, that had a bunch of SNL cast members in it. It was like Amy Poehler, Rachel Dratch, Seth Meyers, big comedy. Was that fun too?
1: That was a ton of fun. That was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, it was cool to be able to kind of like Cause that wasn't a main, a main character, um, to be able to kind of like sit back and watch like Amy Poehler, just do her thing. It was yeah. really, really cool. Um, the first movie I did though was called fingerprints and I went right. to Oklahoma for a month that I filmed that and I had Josh Henderson and um, right. Lou Diamond Phillips and some people that was a ton of fun. Um, and then I think spring breakdown was my second movie, but yeah, yeah. that was, yeah. I mean, all, like everything that I've done has been such a great experience and I'm yeah. so happy that I was able to do all of that stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, following that 2008, 2009, did a bunch of acting. You did CSI New York. I remember you were proud of that. You did mm-hmm. wild cherry with rumor, Willis and Rob Schneider, you yeah. did Van Wilder freshman year with Jonathan Bennett. It was a prequel to Van Wilder.
1: Yeah.
0: Nick, knack was in it. Our friend, Nick, Yeah. Uh, Nick Nicotera, uh, you got to be the female lead. So it was yeah. kind of, were you enjoying the, the scripted world more than the unscripted world at that point?
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I think now if I could do anything differently, I think I would have taken it more seriously. You know, it's like, I want to be a serious actress, but I'm not willing to go and like take acting lessons or like do anything. Right. Like I, I wasn't good because I didn't take the time to be good where I think now I, I would put more work into it, but I had a lot of fun. I really did. And Um, Yeah, it was just a cool time in my life that I'll obviously always remember. Yeah.
0: But then 2009, MTV comes calling again (laughs) for The Hills. Uh, It had been like three years since Laguna Beach ended. Lauren Conrad was leaving The Hills. They needed to replace her. Who better to replace her with than (laughs) Kristen Cavallari? Uh, I think I was with you the day you got the offer. We went to see... Gavin DeGraw uh, at the El Rey, and you had oh, done, wow. remember you had done his music video? Yeah. And we went to dinner first at this place, Luna Park, and you were like, The Hills yeah. is asking me to do it. And I was like, well, what do you want for your career? And you yeah. said, I want to have a shoe line. And I said, well, listen, The Hills puts you back on the cover of Us Weekly, and if you can use that exposure to promote a shoe line, then it's worth it.
1: Yeah, and, it's so true. Aw, good advice, girls. <laughs> remember that? Because
0: I was like, well, ultimately, what's the end Yeah, of, you know?
1: Yeah, and because that was the thing, it was like, do I go right or left? They are very different careers, you yeah. know? And so, um, yeah, so that was a, that was actually a really hard decision for me. I
0: remember. But, I remember. Yeah,
1: that. clearly now I'm very happy I made that decision to go back. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and the yeah. whole marketing campaign was like, the bitch is back. They just, yeah. at that point, I remember you said, it's an acting job. And I'm just going to play in whatever role they want me to play and treat it like the acting jobs you've been doing.
1: Yeah, I looked at it strictly as work.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. And the castmates at the time were Lo Bosworth from the Guta Beach, Audrina Patridge, Heidi Montag, and Spencer I don't think Pratt. Lo was on
1: it. I don't think was Lo she was not? on it. Well, she had yeah, been,
0: right? Oh, yeah. with you, maybe not. Right.
1: Uh, was she? I do <laughs> no, she was. I get all of the shows I think she up. was. I'm pretty
0: sure she was. I don't know. <laughs> Stephanie Pratt was on it. Brody yeah. Jenner. Justin Bobby. Um, I remember we were at Goal with the producers one day watching football, and I was like, when you guys are ready to add the Jewish guy with the crush on Kristen, (laughs) let me know. I'm available.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: But you guys filmed at a lot of the parties I was throwing at the time, so I pop up in the background, and and still to this day, when MTV plays a marathon, people text me like, I saw you on the hills. I'm like, that was a decade ago. I love it. And I was in the background. Um, (laughs) But you did seasons five and six of the show. Yeah. And – Are you glad you did it? Obviously you're glad you did it, right?
1: I am glad I did it. And I had way more fun doing the hills than I did Laguna Beach because I went into it like, okay, this is a job like we talked about earlier. I'm gonna keep my private life private. I'm gonna keep it separate. And I just was able to like be that character and I had so much fun doing it. I really had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it opened up a lot more doors for me. You know, I did get that shoe line that I had always wanted, so that was really cool. Which, you know, now every, and now I have Uncommon James, which is where I'm the, the happiest professionally and where what I'm also the most proud of professionally. And so everything just sort of lined up for me to be able to launch my own company.
0: Totally. Chain reaction. <laughs> and so I remember you were on the show. They had you dating Brody Jenner, but in real life you weren't. So it was this kind of yeah. weird, you know your real life wasn't lining up with what was happening on the show.
1: Yeah. And in fact, I think I was dating someone off camera too. Like, <laughs> right. And he was dating Jade the entire time and they made it seem like they broke up and then we were dating and then they got back together. Right. Or I think at one point he was dating Avril Lavigne. Like and, and I used to be like, but it's in the tabloids that he's dating whoever, but all right. I was like, I don't care. I'm not going to yeah. ask questions.
0: All of it. Yeah. So the and show, fact, ends, I, think, yeah.
1: I think maybe it was the season finale or something. I had to cry. They were like, Kristen, I was filming in Malibu at some restaurant and I some way, somehow pulled out real tears. Like I was sad about Brody and like wasn't dating him at all.
0: <laughs> all those years of acting were paid There you go, off.
1: it all paid off. <laughs> it paid
0: And so the show, The Hills ended with season six. The final episode, July 2010, uh, ended with you and Brody Jenner saying goodbye to each other. The Hollywood signs behind you guys, you hug goodbye. You get in a car, it drives off. Brody watches you go. And then the background drops from behind him. It reveals he's on a studio lot, even though I'm pretty sure you, f- you filmed the first part of the scene on the street with the Hollywood yeah. show, for okay. real. But then they kind of did this twist at the end with the studio. And what did that ending mean to you? Why they did that?
1: I loved it because the whole time that The Hills was on, and even Laguna Beach, people were like, is it real? Is it fake? Nobody really knew. And right. so I felt like it was very tongue in cheek. It was like a nod to like, and, and I, I personally was like, I love it because now everybody knows that it wasn't a hundred percent real, but yeah. a lot of people were confused and like, I don't get it. And it's like, oh, well, even if, it let's say even if it was a hundred percent real, but they still did that, it was just like a cool way to be like, ha, like, you know, I don't know. I just yeah. thought it was, I thought it was genius. I, I was so happy with that ending.
0: I love the end. Yeah. I thought it was a wink to the audience. Like we'll never tell what was exactly. real. Exactly. Yeah, I thought that was was cool. And then after The Hills, 2011, you went back to acting. You did the show The Middle on ABC. You played played the hot teacher, and the kids are making a music video, but they don't tell you you're in the music video. That's right. Um, Was that fun, to go back to scripted TV? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah, that was fun. That was a fun show to be on, for sure.
0: (laughs) And then also in 2011, Dancing with the Stars came calling. Yeah. Did that show. It was the same kind of thing. I think it was you, me, um, Audra, and Ben Savage. Yeah, we went out and you said, guys, Dancing with the Stars wants me to do it. And we're back at Ben's house. You were like bartending. It is bar. Oh, yeah. And same kind of thing. I was like, what do you want? At that point, you wanted a brand. You wanted, you know, shoe line, jewelry line. And again, it was the same kind of thing. This puts you in the spotlight yeah. to advertise whatever you want. And I think you were behind the bar at Ben's house. And you were like, all right, I'll do it. Next <laughs> thing you know, you're on Dancing with the Stars. They partner you with Mark Ballas.
1: Yeah, I went
0: every episode. I was in the audience and, with uh, your mom, Judy.
1: Yeah,
0: we cheered you on, and it, uh, Rob Kardashian was on the same season, so it would be like the Kristen Cavallari table and the Kardashian table.
1: <laughs> we were like
0: competing groups, like Kim and Courtney and Chris over there, yeah. me and Judy and your, and your <laughs> friends over there. Um, uh-huh. What do you remember from that experience, Dancing with the Stars? It,
1: it was the scariest thing I've ever done. I've never been so nervous for anything in my life, but. <laughs> I had so much fun and that feeling of just accomplishing that fear, overcoming your fear was so huge for me. So the first episode I was like, I don't, I can't do this. I was like, I'm going to forget everything when I get out there. Like I literally thought I was gonna, like, throw up and die. <laughs> and then each episode it was like, it was fun. So then by the third episode, my last episode, yeah. I was just having fun. You know, it was, it was a blast. And um, it was interesting because Jay and I had broken up. So Jay and I got engaged very quickly. And then we broke up right before I did dancing with the stars. And then in the midst of it all, we had gotten back together. And that third week, that third episode that was the to be like, everyone talked about a tough time in their life. And ABC mm-hmm. was like, we want you to talk about your breakup with Jay. And I was like, no, I'm what I'm not talking about how I called off my engagement. Like, no, I'm yeah. not doing that. And then he was in the audience that week. And then I got kicked off. <laughs> so I was like, all right well fine so then Jay and I got back together I was like fine you know I had a great time but then it allowed me to then go to Chicago and be with Jay
0: right I remember that I was there the night you got voted off we were shocked do you remember I got you like a hosting gig for Just Dance 3 they released their new game it was at the Beverly so we're like oh it's perfect it's the night of Dancing with the Stars we'll go to Dancing with the Stars we'll go right over there then you get voted off you have to go to Jimmy Kimmel
1: Oh, yeah. Then we went
0: to the party. You hosted the party. Then you got on a plane and went to New York to do, like, Good Morning America. Oh,
1: God, that's right. That was the
0: craziest night because you weren't supposed to get voted off week three. Yeah, well. <laughs> it,
1: was, it
0: was unjust. It was. I'm still upset about it. Me too. Um, so 2012, 2013, you did a few episodes of the show, The League, where you played yourself, but they scripted a version of yourself. Kristen yeah. Cavallari. Um Was that fun, playing a scripted version of yourself?
1: Yeah, that was so much fun. And that show is just so funny. And yeah. the creators of the show, I absolutely love. And they're just comedic geniuses. So yeah, it was it was a ton of fun.
0: Yeah, if people haven't seen that, find the League episodes with Kristen. It's really good. <laughs> uh, and so then over the next few years, you became a mom of three. Camden was born in 2012. Jax in 2014. Sailor in 2015. Now they're eight, six, and four. Yeah. Motherhood, you focused on that for a little bit. While at the yeah. same time became part of E!, you were hosting a red carpet show. So the Oscars, the Golden Globes, the Emmys, the Grammys. And you really got to like use your love of fashion mm-hmm. to do these pre-shows. And that became a really good gig for you. What was that like to be at the Oscars every year? Yeah,
1: yeah it's it was wild. I was so nervous. I remember, so I did the Oscars years ago I think when I was pregnant with Jackson um it was like a one-off thing and then they asked me to come back maybe two years later for the Golden Globes I remember I was so nervous for the Golden Globes but and then they put me under contract and I was like wow this is awesome and it it worked out very well for my lifestyle because I could fly into LA for two three days Mm -hmm. do the shows come home to my babies you know Because that was the thing. It was like when I was raising my kids and in Chicago, Jay was playing football. I couldn't go take a job that was going to keep me in LA for two months. Um, So it had to be these like quick things. So it's perfect because like you said, my love of fashion. I grew up watching those award shows. My mom and I used to watch Melissa and Joan Rivers all the time. So it's sort of like everything coming together. So it's really, really cool. Very, very fun. And I'm still honored that I'm part of those shows. Obviously this year it's slightly different with Covid, you know, mm-hmm. but um, up until Covid, I was doing it for them, and it was like one of those things where I still have to pinch myself that it's I'm there, and it's yeah. it's cool. It's, it's really
0: awesome. cool. Yeah, it's a perfect gig for you. Yeah, you're great at that. And then we mentioned 2016, your first book came out, Balancing in Heels. That was, yeah. how would you describe that? That was more like a biography, right? Or like a how-to? Yeah,
1: it's a lifestyle book. So it sort of like touched on every area of my life. There are, you know, like 20 recipes or something. It talked about me being a mom and fashion was a large part of it. And just kind of, um what else? I can't even, <laughs> I can't even remember now. Yeah, yeah it, I'll be honest with you though. It wasn't, that wasn't really the book that I wanted to do. I pitched when I went, so I put together two book proposals, a cookbook proposal and a lifestyle proposal. First, what I did was a cookbook proposal because that was what I wanted to do. And then my agent was like, well, everyone's really into these lifestyle books right now. So can you whip up a proposal for a lifestyle book too? I was like, oh, geez. All right, sure. So then I went to New York and pitched both books together to all of these different publishers. And I got some offers for the lifestyle, some offer for cookbook, some offers for both. And I ultimately decided, let's do the lifestyle book. Hopefully it does well. And then I can do a follow-up cookbook.
0: Right. And it was a big hit. cookbooks
1: are really cookbooks for what I wanted to do. That's what you're saying. Yeah.
0: Well, that first book was a hit. So that allowed you to write more books. Yeah. 2017, you launched Uncommon James. Uh, Explain what the company is and where the name comes from and all about that.
1: Yeah. So Uncommon James is now it's more of a lifestyle brand. At the time when I launched it, it was just jewelry. It was a very small jewelry collection. Um, And it's very effortless, um, everyday pieces, but at an affordable price point, because I don't think that fashion, I think that fashion should be accessible to everybody and style is really what you make of it. And so I think, um, I just wanted to create an affordable line of really dainty, effortless pieces And uh, James is my daughter's middle name. It's Sailor's middle name. It was my brother's middle name. So I always knew I wanted to do something with James. Mm. And then it was my 30th birthday. I was in Mexico with a bunch of my friends and we were just spitting out names like, okay, well, what sounds good with James? And um, an Uncommon got thrown out and I was like, I love that. (laughs) So it just kind of stuck. So here I am three and a half years later and it's really it's morphed into so much more than I ever would have imagined in a million years. We have a home line. I have little James, which is baby and kids clothing. Right. Um, we are, we just launched Demi fine, which is 14 karat gold plated sterling silver and real diamonds. Um, which is awesome. So we're dipping our toe in fine jewelry. And then we're getting ready to launch some exciting things in 2021. I have, two stores. I'm getting ready to open Dallas in the spring. And so it's just wild that it's become this full blown company and I'm having the time of my life. And that's the one thing I'm like, this is really happening. Like this is, I'm just so thankful oh, yeah. that like, this is where I'm at and I have this company. It's, it's
0: incredible. Yeah. It's awesome. I remember you told me the name uncommon James. We were at the nice guy in LA. You were in town for something. And you're I like,
1: yeah, I
0: remember everything. <laughs> and so I remember you saying, I'm going to start this company uncommon James. And you basically told me what your plan was and to have watched it play out over the last three years has been incredible. Um, one of your jewelry lines was inspired by, Italy, right? Your Italian roots, right. kind of like your yeah. dad's meatballs. Um, <laughs> didn't you find a place in Italy called Cavallari?
1: So um, there was a, str- well, so, okay. I got to go for very Cavallari. I went to Italy last fall and I got to meet a bunch of Cavallari's that I didn't even know existed, oh, meatball, right. which was awesome. And I went to the town that my great grandfather grew up in this little tiny town called Monterey and it's just so beautiful. I got to see, the actual um townhouse that he grew up in and and meet people that knew him and and so that was really cool and so and I was staying in Tuscany and just those that that Italian countryside is so whimsical and romantic and beautiful that yeah that inspired our fall collection and oh. um, I was able to shoot the campaign at the Sunstone Winery, which is outside of l a and it looks like italy and um yeah so it's um it's a it's a really it's a collection that means a lot to me, you know, and uh, yeah, it's cool that the Cavaliers can inspire so much in my well, life. Well, I was
0: going to say, it's cool that you can pull so much from your real life for all these things. Cookbooks, yeah. generi, that's neat. Yeah. 2018, you opened your first Uncommon James store in Nashville. That was a major accomplishment. I know that meant a lot to you. Uh, 2018, you released your second book, True Roots, your first cookbook. 2018, very Cavalry premieres on E!, it was yeah. on three seasons, 2018, 2019, 2020. Before you tell me how that show came about, what I want to say about Very Cavalier is, do you remember when you and Jay first got together and I was like, this is a TV show? I was no. like, you, I was like, you guys have to do a show like Newlyweds, like Nick and Jessica. Yeah. And I, because you guys had different personalities, but you complimented each other well. And yeah. you were like, Jay will never do reality TV. <laughs> so I just kind of put the idea in the back of my head. And then years later. Very Cavalier comes out. He becomes, like, a bit of a breakout character. And I was like, I knew it. I knew that would make good TV. Uh,
1: That was so funny. So when I first pitched the show, I wasn't even really supposed to be on it. It was more like Vanderpump Rules. And I really wanted to do it for Uncommon James. Right. like, it'll be about the employees. I won't be on it. I'll pop in and out. It'll be great. So we filmed a pilot. And then the people at E were like, well, we'll do it if Kristen will be on it more. And I was like, "Oh." Shoot! This is not what I wanted to do. But well, like, do you
0: remember Keeping Up with the Kardashians started because they had a store called Dash, and it was basically yeah. about the store. So, and that obviously, right. and look
1: how that turned out. <laughs>
0: that worked out pretty well for them, but it became yeah. more about them, you know, than the store. Yeah.
1: So I had to get Jay on board, and I had to get a friend on board, and so I was, and I still was like, "There's no way Jay is going to do this," but right. he agreed, and um, and then even then, like from season one to season three it was way more about us in the very end of it. And it was right. because, you know, E kept being like, well, this is what everybody wants to see is, is your guys's dynamic, which I totally get it. I get yeah. it. And so it like slowly morphed into more <laughs> and more of us. <laughs> right. And, um, which was fine because I also felt like, I, you know, initially I was more than happy to like put all of the warts with Uncommon James out there because we were a startup. What we were going through was very real. And it's, and the more I put out there, the more, business owners i had coming up to me being like we're going through the same thing or like i've been there like whatever it was um but then like as the company grew and it became more of a legitimate company i wanted to pull back anyways right so it, it all kind of worked out but yeah jay was a massive breakout star he's incredibly <laughs> sarcastic and has that dry sense of humor which edits Probably. very well <laughs> right so good good one-liners yeah yeah i
0: remember <laughs> when i first met him you, i was like does he like me? You're like, yeah, he likes you. That's just his personality because he's so good. Yeah.
1: You never really know.
0: Yeah, I was <laughs> not sure at first. Um, but uh yeah, I remember when the first season came out, I was like, I wish it's more about Kristen. And then seasons two and three were more about you. Uh, wow. And the show was a hit and Uncommon James blew up from it. You know, people want a piece of what they see on TV and they can now go to the stores in person. Uh, I think you should do like, eventually come back with like very very cavalry or something like that <laughs> or like a very cavalry christmas or something yeah
1: yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but you
0: managed to like keep your kids off the show which i thought was interesting and you've sort of said if they want that when they grow up that's okay but right now i'm going to keep them off tv yeah
1: they're little they're uh, you know, i want them to have as normal of a life as possible and that was one of the challenging parts with doing the show it was like the biggest part of my life was not on the show Mm -hmm. and it, and my life is, is very boring. I know it doesn't seem like it, but it, it was a problem actually with like, what are we going to put on the show? What are the storylines going to be? What are we going to talk about? And it was like, Guys, I don't know. Like this is my life. Like right. so I don't you know, had like, to go like
0: coffee. you had to go like white water rafting to have a shower. I mean,
1: literally, because it's like <laughs> there's something else going on. And I was very adamant when I when I did the show. I was like, I'm home every night no later than five to have dinner with my family. I never wow. film on the weekends. Like, these are my hard lines. And they used to say to me, like, you have so many boundaries that it's hard to work with. And I'm like, I know, but that's the only way I'm going to do it.
0: <laughs> you stuck to your guns. You made a good yeah. show. Um, so the last thing I want to mention, career-wise, you hosted Paradise Hotel last year.
1: Yeah, you went
0: to Mexico. What was that like hosting a dating show? You hadn't done that before.
1: Well, it was it was so much fun, but yeah. it was crazy because the first episode was live too, right. and I'm on a big network TV. I'm by myself. I'm hosting like. I was so nervous. I was so <laughs> nervous, but it was so much fun. I had it was fun. Like right. I just, I loved it. I really did love it. I was really bummed that it didn't do as well as we had hoped. Um, but again, it was just one of those experiences that, like, that's really freaking cool that I'm able to say I did that. It's awesome. Yeah. So, you were really yeah.
0: good at it too. Yeah, you're <laughs> good at that. And you had a front row seat to a dating show, which is kind of must be wild in person to. Oh, and we were all in.
1: Like, me and the producers are, like, in, you know, my, uh, like, green room and everything. Like, oh, my God. Like, who's hooking up with you? Like, what's going on? Like, you become so invested. Like, we as... I Yeah. I still still talk to a lot of the producers. But I still talk to some of the cast members, too. Oh, really? Because you become close with them, you know? And so, yeah, we sort of became, like, this little family.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, we as viewers only saw an hour a day. But you were there 24 hours a day for weeks.
1: Yeah. So, you saw everything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so... That brings us to 2020 when you finally did my podcast. That's where we are now. <laughs> yeah. We've come full circle. Um, so I always like to ask my guests before they go to give some advice. What advice would you, Kristen Cavallari, give to someone who wants a career like yours, either as a TV personality or an entrepreneur building a brand? What advice can you give to people?
1: I think the best advice I can give is to really figure out who you are and then be that, you know, instead of. Wanting to emulate, you know, whoever is already successful or whatever, but someone's already doing that. Like, that's what's so great about all of us individually is that we're Mm -hmm. unique. And so like, I'm not following in anybody's footsteps. I'm creating my own path and I'm staying true to who I am. And I'm, I've always been very authentic and I've never come to the table with an agenda or try to be somebody that I'm not. And I truly think that that's the only reason why I'm still around so many years later Mm-hmm. Uh, because people know that they're gonna get that from me i'm very honest i'm blunt i don't have a filter um and i think that you know I, I just think that's it you have to figure out who you are and stay true to who you are
0: yeah it it worked for you it's obviously working i mean 16, <laughs> 16 years after laguna beach i feel like your brand personal brand is, is bigger than ever you know yeah, so that's yeah. good advice and the last thing the very last thing we do here at out on the list is called the mystery question where my guest from the previous podcast writes a question, seals it in an envelope. I don't even know what it is. We've been doing That's this since cool. yeah, we've been doing this since episode one with Ben Savage. And wow. so it basically links every episode together to the next one. I love that.
1: That's, yeah. So you'll have to write mine for me though. So, right,
0: I was just thinking like now <laughs> moving forward with Zoom, you'll have to email it to me. I won't look.
1: I'll, okay. print,
0: I'll print it. I'll seal it in an envelope for the next I guest.
1: Love that. That's whoever so that is. Okay. Yeah, cool. So this
0: is number fifty-six. My guest on the last podcast was Frank Karachi. He directs all the Adam Sandler movies.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so we talked about his new movie and he wrote a question. Even I don't know what it is. I hope it's a good one. I love that. And let's see what it says. Ooh, this is interesting. Frank Karachi wrote, is it ever okay to lie? You can lie with your answer. Wow,
1: that's a really good question. Frank Karachi. So I am going to go with no, because I actually think um, lying is a cop out. And I think that mm. you can tell the truth without hurting somebody's feelings or like, I, I just, you know, I used to tell white lies of like, I don't want to go here or whatever. Like, Oh, I'm busy or like, no, it's actually okay to be like, listen, I'm not in the mood or like whatever it is. You know, I really, I'm not a fan of lying. I think I'm a very honest, direct person. And so I, appreciate when people are like that with
0: me yeah and that question was actually perfect because you just talked about be your authentic self
1: God, look at that <laughs> that fit
0: really well together but i agree with you lying is like my biggest pet peeve i, I i'd rather someone tell the truth even if it's going to hurt than yeah. to find out later that it was a lie and i think then you
1: don't trust anything that they say right
0: and i think yeah. the universe has a way of making sure the truth always comes out like if you lie like oh i can't do that i'm going to be out of town you're going to run into that person at a restaurant or something.
1: Exactly. It is so true. It's yes. never good. And then if you do lie, it's like, how can you keep up with all of your lies? I'm like, I'm stressed out. I don't remember what I said. It's like, I, I can't do it.
0: That's true. It's actually so much easier to just live an honest life so you don't have to keep up with your lies. Exactly.
1: That's I love true. that. Well,
0: we did it, Kristen. We Yay! did the podcast. I can't believe it. That's a wrap on episode 56. Anything else you want to mention or promote or say before we go?
1: I don't think so. It's just so good Good to see you and I appreciate you having
0: me. Oh my God. I appreciate you doing this. I can't wait to see you in person. Maybe I might have to come to Chicago or Nashville or something.
1: Oh, let me know.
0: Because I don't know when I'm going to be back in LA uh, soon. But uh, thank you, Kristen Cavallari for doing this. It means so much to me. I hope you had fun. If you don't already have her new book, True Comfort, make sure to get it and pick up Balancing and Heels and True Roots while you're at it. Have the whole yeah. Kristen Cavallari collection. <laughs> uh, thank you again, Kristen. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I will talk to you next time. Bye.
1: Love you, Gerstie. Mwah. Mwah. Bye.
0: This episode of the podcast was brought to you by Plexiderm. With so much changing, it's increasingly difficult to find that extra time for you, the time you need to take care of yourself and look your best. With Plexiderm, all you need is 10 minutes and you can look 10 years younger. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that gives your appearance the right kind of changes. It visibly reduces wrinkles, fine lines, and even under eye bags in minutes, and the results will last for hours. You can try a six application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit tryplexiderm.com and use the code BELIEVE. Again, that's tryplexiderm.com and use the code BELIEVE, B L E A V, at checkout.